up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Would surprise me. I mean, we talk about espresso and Ted Lasso in just about every episode. And your apparent disdain for Nespresso. It actually showed up in the episode. They were giving like yeah, all, that, all of the players Nespresso machines. Oh, good for Ted. So it's good enough for Ted Lasso. It's good enough for me. He's a dream, is he not? I love that show. They've done a great job in really developing their characters over the over the seasons. That they they have some really good characters. I feel like it's been a long time since there's been a show where the protagonist is just inherently good. And like everything that he does makes the world better around him. I just, I don't know. I mean, there's a time and a place for the for the protagonist to be kind of, I don't know, antagonistic in his own right. But Ted Lasso, man, hits the right notes. He's, he's wholesome. Not entirely in like a horribly unrealistic leave it to beaver type way. I think there's still, you know, cracks of a normal person, I guess, that show through. I don't know. I appreciate it. I appreciate that show. I do too. And speaking of football, fantasy football kind of coming around the corner. Are you much of a fantasy football guy? I don't I don't know. I don't mm. I don't know you anymore. No, no. I think most of my football watching time will A, the there isn't a football team around here that's worth watching or hasn't been for a while. And B Sundays are F one days, Phil. Yeah, but at like seven in the morning. And the reason I, I bring up the fantasy football thing is that I heard about this new trend that the loser of a fantasy football league has to spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. And the only way that they can shave off time in the Waffle House is by eating a waffle. And for every waffle that you <laughs> oh, eat, okay. you shave off an hour of your time. And like, this is a growing trend. Like, like it got super popular last year. Apparently, I haven't tried this. I don't plan on trying this. But like nobody can eat more than like eight or so waffles in a 24 hour period without just like completely puking all over the place. Okay, well, here's the question. Does throwing up reset the clock? I don't I don't think it I mean, that would be a pretty cruel. Yeah, because rule the, to I, have. I think that could be a tactic. Just like cram eight down as quick as you can. You can read minds. You're not full anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> what do you say? Should we try that, Chris? No, no, because I like waffles and I don't want to ruin them. Sure. And Waffle House is the worst. I mean, you don't ever go there to enjoy a waffle. You go there to basically sleep one off. Pretty much. Yeah. And you sure as heck don't go there for some good espresso. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't knock them. I've not had espresso at Waffle House, but um, that's because I have a neat little recipe on how to do it at home. That's a mighty kind of you to assume that a Waffle House actually would have espresso, Phil. So if you walked into a Waffle House and you're like, hi, I'll have a latte macchiato, what do you think they'd say? I think you'd get a mop thrown at your face. A dirty, sick Waffle House mop. Yes. So you said that you have a way of achieving espresso bliss at home, Phil. Yes. And what a blissful thing to talk about because yeah. this is part three and also... The last of our trilogy on coffee. We had so much fun talking about coffee. Gave a good overview in part one. In part two, you so eloquently detailed all the many ways to brew coffee at home. I love that episode. If you haven't listened to either of those two, I think you should throw your phone away and 
or if there's a better way to stop this podcast, fine. But just go listen to those other two episodes. They're super fun. Alas, here we are. It's part three. And we're talking about espresso. I suppose it is time for espresso, the dark side of the coffee yin yang matrix. I don't know what I'm saying, Phil. I'm tracking with you. Do you know it doesn't have to be, though? It's kind of a misnomer that espresso has to be a dark roast. Isn't a type of roast at all. It's actually a method of making your coffee. Correct. Which, have you had blonde espresso? I have had blonde espresso. And just the other day, we picked up a very light roast for our espresso machine and I loved it. So I'm I'm glad that you that you appreciated that Phil because I feel like that's, you know, the next level uh, appreciating the lighter roasts. The roasts that have more flavor, the roasts that are more intriguing and have more depth and ultimately have more caffeine, which we've covered. But yeah, which we think we need. Maybe we don't need it. I don't know. No, we probably do. Yeah. I still need it. No. No, today Phil is Oliver's first birthday and Happy birthday Ollie. I, th- I think if anything calls for caffeine, it's it's a one-year-old. Very true, my friend. So espresso was this really cool, nifty little practice invented by the Italians, because Italy, right? And like we said, it's not necessarily a type of roast, but it's it's the practice of pressing this coffee, extracting the goodness out of it, and... There's many ways you can do that. And probably the most popular way of making this espresso shot is if you have an espresso machine. That's not very realistic. I don't think a lot of people have one of these lying around. Uh, I do have one lying around and it's pretty amazing, but we got it on sale. Nonetheless, there's ways to do it. And Chris, you kind of touched on this a little bit in our homebrew episode when you talked about the AeroPress, that it's kind of kind of an alternative way of making espresso if you don't have an espresso machine. And you actually made one of these for me this past weekend. And so I was hoping you might be able to walk us through that. Like, what's the, what's the deal with the AeroPress and how does it work in regards to espresso? Yeah, so I know we, we talked about the AeroPress a little bit in the last episode. It's this oversized syringe. And... You can make a lot of different types of coffee with it. So the AeroPress espresso, I guess, recipe, if you will, that that we had this weekend, Phil. Like really, you're going to do a lot, a lot more concentrated ratio of coffee to water. I want to say we used a, I used a four to one. So 18 grams of finely ground coffee. Then I put about 72 grams of water in that. And for that type of coffee preparation, you don't let it brew very long. You rely more on pressure. So you kind of swirl it around for like 15 seconds or so. I double filtered it. So I had like a, a paper filter and a metal filter. And then I just pressed it out as hard as I could. You can't really gain quite the pressure of an espresso machine, but you can get kind of close and you get a a fairly concentrated, not too terribly bitter, espresso-esque equivalent in your cup. You're going to get super, super close. And Chris, you did a great job. It was delicious. Well, thanks, Phil. I was going to make you an espresso, but we were out of pods, so we settled for the espresso. The the Aeropresso. if that's what we call it, settling. <laughs> What's the opposite of settling? Seriously, it was, it was really, really good. Being transient. And you mentioned one thing about turning your, your coffee grind into like a super finely, almost powdery-like substance. And that is the key to making good espresso. If you were to use kind of like a coarse grind that you might be familiar with in, say, a French press, you're, you're just not going to get that extraction. Am I right? Yeah, yeah especially on the, the AeroPress you know, a lot of espresso comes down to pressure. That fine grind really allows you to create a lot more pressure. It's it's more tightly packed together, so it's it's harder for the water to flow through 
the coffee grounds as opposed to, you know, maybe like a normal a drip coffee grind that you might normally use in an AeroPress. Sure. And then there's the mocha pot, which we covered in our homebrew episode as well, part two. But the mocha pot is a, is a fascinating one because this is also something where you could achieve the espresso goodness by using the mocha pot. Have you... You don't own one, do you? No, I don't. We used to have one at our at our office, but I, I think they're super cool. You're still using pressure, and they all have this really old school, I don't know, just super classic European style. Yeah, like kind of antiquated. Vibe. Yeah. It almost looks like something you would find like in the Julia Child section of the Smithsonian Museum. And then... If you're in a pinch, if you don't have an AeroPress or you don't have a mocha pot, believe it or not, you can achieve some semblance of espresso with a French press. Because, you know, if you think about it, the whole thing with espresso is creating pressure. A French press does also apply a little bit of pressure. It doesn't come anywhere close to the amount of pressure needed, but you can have some pressure with a French press. Basically, just by having a really fine grind of coffee and then not diluting it nearly as much as you typically would, and then applying that pressure. So if you're in a pinch and you want to make a latte at home, you need that espresso, all you have is a French press, bingo. You can make this for your family, and I think they're going to be like, wow, Dad, that's a really good cup of coffee. What is that? You say, that, son, is a cappuccino. That's what I'll tell Oliver tomorrow morning. He's old enough to One appreciate going on these 20, things now. man. It's crazy. Yeah, so here, here's the question on that French presso mixture that yep. you got going on are you just using the normal steel mesh or w- would it help to yeah, throw in a, a paper filter so. under that maybe to get like a little bit more pressure you know what that's I was wondering great idea i hadn't considered that i i did try it once and i didn't hate it but i didn't have that that extra filter in there i think i might try that well i'm curious now so you don't have an espresso machine you've got some alternatives on how you can make espresso what do you do with it? You can just drink it like the Italians with a little single shot or a dopio. But that's, I mean, I don't know. We're Americans, Chris. We're dirty Americans and so we, go we for like sweet things. And so <laughs> there you go. We like to put our espresso in milk to make it a latte. So the latte. Did you know you can make a latte? You can make a cappuccino. You can make all these lovely drinks. If you don't have a cappuccino machine or a way to steam the milk, you can do it, Chris. Yeah, so we actually have we have a, a Nespresso milk frother. Of course you do. <sighs> yeah, we actually had that way before we ever got the little Nespresso pod machine thing. But it works well. Wow, I can't believe I had such negative things to say about Nespresso. Yeah, yeah it has like a little frothing paddle as well as just like a heating, steaming paddle. It works, Phil. It works. So say you're one of the losers like me and you don't have a Nespresso paddle to froth your milk. You There's just have a full-on espresso machine, but whatever. <laughs> That's true, I do. <laughs> I'm still a loser compared to you. So, Chris, if you don't have all the goods and you really want to make a pumpkin spice latte for your family because it's autumnal, I don't care what you say, it's not the worst thing in the world. If you're using real pumpkin, Starbucks doesn't. Shame on you, Starbucks. There's ways you can make it. And believe it or not, Chris, it's as simple as shaking up your milk in a mason jar, creating some froth, creating some some bubbles, and then throwing that in the microwave. Maybe take the lid off if you don't want to burn your house down, but just by creating some froth and then pouring that over your espresso, you've got yourself a latte or at least some semblance of it. Because what is a latte, Chris? It's highly extracted coffee coming from espresso mixed with milk, a frothy steamed milk. Rainbows, Chris. Yeah. Rainbows, the more you know. Okay. I I do not hate the idea of mason jar frothing. 
I don't know. I think that's kind of ingenious. I think mason jars or jam jars. We actually use the the. You know what I'm talking about, Phil? The I'm jam familiar jars. with Claire. The, the jam jars. Anyway, they're, they're super handy for a lot of things. And I know I've brought it up in the past, but things like salad dressing, you can really emulsify quite quickly in a jam jar. You know, you've really turned me on to good salad dressing. It's I, I'm done with the bottles that you buy in the store because salad dressing, what do you need? You need oil, vinegar, a citrus, say lemon, salt, and some honey. And that's a really good salad dressing. And it takes seriously like two minutes to make. Yeah, or throw some and jam in there. Salad. Throw some mustard sure. in there. Shallots. Oh, I love shallots. The sky's the limits, honestly. You can put some pears in there. The, the best store about dressing kind of pales in comparison to like a good homemade. And it's so fancy. Like if you pour that into a gravy boat and then serve that with dinner, people are going to be like, wow, you went the extra step and poured your dressing from the store into a gravy boat until they taste it. And they're going to be like, okay, this is homemade. You got to give me your recipe. Chris, there's other ways that you can make a latte or the like if you're in a pinch. If you have an immersion blender, you kind oh. of talked about immersion blenders yeah. a time or two. It's a great way to froth up. In fact, that, that that's going to create more froth than steam than shaking it would. And that's a really handy way to perk up your milk. And again, just microwave it after you've, after you've frothed it. You can also whisk it by hand. Might take a little bit of elbow grease, but... You're gonna you're gonna make it happen. I like the immersion blender option. Here's a question: Does it make a difference if you microwave it before or after you froth it? I don't know. I don't. I don't think it necessarily would. I mean, you might lose a little bit of the froth, or I don't know. Maybe you actually might gain some froth at the end by microwaving it. Maybe you could test this out for us. We, Maybe we Oliver test could this. test it out for us because he seems like a techie yeah. guy. He's he's also got some fairly refined taste now that he's you know one. What's his favorite way to eat oatmeal with prunes? We were actually talking <laughs> about um, <laughs> doing like a little. We were having a little birthday party this weekend, and we, we were talking about maybe serving like some of his favorite foods, which actually is oatmeal and prunes. That's that's pretty much it. Okay. He, that's that's like his go-to. He loves. Anything with prunes. He loves prunes and the little, the little like, you know, puffs. Those are his kind Oh, yeah, those are delicious. Okay, but I'm saving my favorite method for last. If you don't have an espresso machine, my favorite way to do a latte at home, I mentioned the French, French press, right? You can, you can make your espresso with some French press, but you can also use that same French press to froth up and steam your milk. Oh. Just by pumping it up and down. Yeah. Creating that friction up and down. Just And you're going to get... get some weird looks from the neighbors, but that's fine. So there you go. French press. Bet you didn't know you can use a French press to make your favorite cup of coffee or latte at home, but you can. It has everything you need. Phil, I did I did actually know that I could use a French press to make my favorite cup of coffee at home. That's, that, I'm pretty sure that's what French <laughs> sure. presses are used for. But The latte part, I, I was a little, yeah, in the, in the dark on. Okay, we have talked about latte way too many times on this episode, but Chris, it's not the only type of frothed espresso type drink there's there's a lot of them actually i mean if you know if you go to starbucks which don't go to starbucks starbucks is the worst there's a lot of options out there but what do they all mean chris what is a latte what is a cappuccino what is a mocha and what's the difference Uh, what what about a cortado or a macchiato phil yeah cortados are my favorite i actually had one of these i demand quality uh, the day after we recorded our first episode on coffee because you mentioned it and i was like i gotta get one of those and it was delicious. So the latte is basically some espresso on the bottom. You've got steamed milk in the middle and then a float of milk foam on top. Compare that to the cappuccino. They are all equal parts. So 
If you didn't know what the difference was before, you do now. A cappuccino is espresso, steamed milk, and milk foam. Equal parts, whereas a latte is just like a, a splash. Now, there is a thing called a macchiato, and I love these. So the macchiato is basically just espresso and steamed milk. So no milk foam on top. Don't save the milk foam for the birds. Espresso and steamed milk, equal parts, and you got yourself a macchiato. And all of those sound super delicious, Chris. None of them are my favorite, my all-time favorite way of having an espresso drink is the flat white. Yes, the flat white. The the American the flat way white. or the not American way? Oh, I don't know. Are there different ways? Obviously. Probably. The way that I know <laughs> of a flat white is to put espresso on the bottom. And similar to the macchiato where you just have a little bit of steamed milk, this has a lot of steamed milk. So I would say one part espresso, two parts steamed milk. And it's delicious. So here, here's a question. I It's been a while since I've looked into this, honestly, Phil. Isn't there a, a special way of preparing the milk so that it has like a, a different type of bubble structure? Dude, I don't know. Okay. I mean, doesn't that just come from like however long you leave your steamed milk wand in the milk? I don't know. You're supposed to be the expert, Phil. I'm not. We've been through this. My wife makes the lovely drinks at home. Okay, can you go wake her up real quick and then let's talk about this? Because a flat white is actually supposed to have, it's supposed to have micro foam oh. as opposed to normal foam. So it has like like very fine bubbles and that produces a, a very velvety consistency. That must be why I love them so much, Chris. You need to stop going to Starbucks, Phil, is the answer here. Oh, come on. I haven't been to Starbucks <laughs> in a long time. Like it's been at least three days. Okay. 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 Walk us through this cortado. It's super good. I didn't really know what I ordered when I ordered it, but I loved it. How does it work? So a cortado is pretty much in line with a lot of the things that we've talked about, but it's, it's equal parts espresso and warmed milk. It's, it's steamed milk, but not frothed milk. And there are a couple different variations of, of this, this cortado. There, there's actually like a, a Cuban cortado and they used he, heated uh, sweetened condensed milk often. Sometimes they'll, they'll even do a butter float with some salt or something along those lines, but it's really, really good. Yeah, they're super yummy. Well, thanks, Chris. I might stay up all night now because I'm probably going to make myself one of those. And all of this lovely, fun information can be found in our show notes by jumping over to our website at dadskitchenco.com. And you know what? While you're on the internet, jump over to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars because we love five stars. Five stars are amazing. Five stars help us keep going. Six would be better. Six would be better, Phil. I don't know why you don't ask for six. If there's a way to hack the platform, give us six stars. Sure. (laughs) 